Welcome to today's MacLearning.org's webcast on the all-new iTunes U. I'm Hilary Sreary, your moderator for today. Throughout the webcast, if you have any questions, please type them into the chat window at the bottom of your viewer, and we will get them here in the studio for the Q&A at the end. If you are viewing this webcast at a later date on MacLearning.org, you can ask questions in the forum space, and we will answer those questions there. Our presenter today is Jill Vermillion, the Business Manager for Education Content Relations at Apple. Without further ado, I'll hand it over to Jill to talk about the, new alt I, the all new iTunes U. Thanks, Hillary, and thanks everyone for joining us today. For my presentation uh, for this Mac Learning webcast, I'll start out by just setting a little bit of context for iTunes U, uh, where it's been and where it is now. And then I'll talk about our announcements in January of the all new iTunes U. And I'll talk about courses and uh, the iOS app. At the end of the webcast, I will talk about uh, what instructors and educators will need in order to create courses. And I'll talk about what administrators will need to do to, to manage their iTunes U sites. And then we should have plenty of time at the end for questions and answers. So please do submit them in the chat box at the bottom of your screen. So now let's get started in talking about context for iTunes U. iTunes U is the world's largest online catalog of free education content. There are over a thousand providers on iTunes U, and these providers include colleges and universities around the world, uh, cultural organizations like libraries, museums, and other nonprofit organizations, as well as K through 12 school districts and state departments of education. So a wide variety of content providers on iTunes U. Since iTunes U started over four years ago, more than 700 million assets have been downloaded from iTunes U. And these assets include audio, video, and PDF and EPUB documents. All of this is great. You know, we have uh, lots of providers and we've seen many downloads. But the feedback that we received from educators was that they wanted a way to curate all of this great education content and present it to students on iOS devices in a really seamless way. They wanted to connect these learning resources with a core set of curricular standards or, or learning objectives. And so with that goal in mind, we launched the all new iTunes U in January of this year. The first part of the announcement was that we launched the iTunes U app. And this app enables you to create full courses with many different content types, including audio and video, documents, books such as EPUB and uh, books that you create with iBooks Author, and all of those great educational apps. You can also create a syllabus and assignments in an iTunes U course, create posts and assignments, and also integrate iBooks, as I mentioned before. And we'll talk about each of these things in more detail. 
This is an example of a course that is um, available on iTunes U called Ecosystems from the Open University. We're looking at the, um, the overview page of the Info tab here, and you'll notice that there are four tabs along the right side of the screen. These tabs are consistent across all of the courses on iTunes U. So the Info tab, which we're looking at now, provides some basic information about the course, like what students will learn from the course, the name of the course, and the duration. The next page down on uh, the Info tab that we'll discuss is the outline. The outline is a really important structural part of your course because it, it lays out the major topics and subtopics that you'll be covering throughout the, the course that you're teaching. This provides the framework for all of the posts that you create, the assignments that might be attached to those posts, and the learning materials that are associated with those assignments. The next tab down is posts, and this is your opportunity as an instructor or educator to really bring your voice to the course. You can use posts to contextualize the learning materials, to communicate with your students, and to give assignments. A good post is kind of like a blog post. It will have a brief title and some body text that should answer the question, why am I uh, being asked to complete this assignment? What am I learning? Uh, how is this topic relevant to the course as a whole? Posts can also have assignments attached to them, like this assignment, which is watch what is an ecosystem. In this case, the learning material that is attached to the assignment is a video. If the student taps on the assignment, they can go directly into the video and play it within the iTunes U app. When they're done watching the video, they simply go back to iTunes U and they can mark that assignment complete. So the students who are uh, subscribed to the courses really can use the iTunes U course to manage their time and manage all of the tasks that they have to do uh, related to the courses that they're enrolled in. Let's look at another example of an assignment. This time it will be with a reading assignment. So this assignment is Read Chapter 2 of Life on Earth. This is one of the new iBooks textbooks that were announced in January as well. And there is a, a Mac Learning webcast about iBooks author and multi-touch books a little bit later this spring. So in this case for this assignment, if I tap on the assignment, it'll take me right over to iBooks where the book will open. And then I can do my reading assignment and as I'm reading, I can highlight and take notes within the book. That's a great way to personalize the learning resources for me. Now when I go back to the iTunes U course, 
I can see that the next tab down is the Notes tab. The Notes tab is great because it assembles and aggregates all of the notes that I've taken in all of the books that are associated with this course. So here, there's a couple of different notes that I've taken in this particular book. You also can create course notes, which are just textual notes that you might take uh, in a class or as you're watching a video. Now, if this course had multiple books, uh, this would aggregate all the notes across all of those books in one view as well, which can be really helpful for students as they're creating projects or writing papers. Um, so this is a great kind of personalization tool for them. The final tab along the right side of this screen is the materials tab. And this is a listing of all of the educational resources that the instructor has linked to this course. And along the left side of the screen, you can see the many content types that are supported in iTunes U courses. We have audio and video. You can have books, both EPUB books, as well as multi-touch books created with iBooks author. You can have documents just like PDFs, keynote presentations or PowerPoint presentations, Word or Pages documents. As I mentioned before, you can incorporate apps into your course. So if you have a particular assignment where you'd like a student to use an app to, to accomplish a particular task, uh, you can just bring the app right into your iTunes U course. And then finally, web links which is a great way to provide access to all those great web-based resources that you might use in class, or to bring in a, a class wiki or other type of uh, learning site that you might already use. This allows you to integrate with that as well. All the courses that a student is taking appear on this beautiful bookshelf alongside any iTunes U collections that they may have downloaded. And if they want to discover new courses, they can tap on Catalog in the upper left corner. This would flip them over to browse the public courses and collections on iTunes U, where they can discover um, additional content that's available to them. Let's talk about how some other institutions are using iTunes U today. The Open University, for example, has had tremendous success reaching learners all over the world with their courses and collections. Their content has been downloaded millions of times, and it's also helped them recruit students to enroll in their university full time. Stanford University here in the United States has made courses and collections available on iTunes U for years, and their app development course has been taken by millions of students and lifelong learners from around the world. Community colleges like Harrisburg Area Community College in Pennsylvania have extended their reach beyond their own campus to help learners everywhere. 
Their courses are taken by both college and high school students looking to reinforce and, and help bone up on subjects like intermediate algebra. Duke University uses iTunes U to make available to the world treasures of digital collections like ad views, uh, which includes nearly 9,000 digitized vintage television commercials. Common Sense Media is a nonprofit organization and a respected leader on uh, young people and media issues. They have a number of courses available on iTunes U focused on topics like digital literacy and digital citizenship. They also have some great courses on uh, copyright and respect for intellectual property. Anyone can take these courses today. So now that we have talked about the all new iTunes U, the app, and the ability to create courses, let's talk about how you can get started creating courses. So the first thing that you need to do is sign up for a public site on iTunes U. And uh, you're looking at the screen now, which is where you can see the URL that would allow you to um, enroll as an iTunes U content provider. K-12 districts, as well as degree-granting accredited two- and four-year colleges and universities, can sign up for a provider site by going to this website. So I would really encourage you to talk with your colleagues, talk with your administration about using iTunes U to uh, take advantage of, of courses and collections. Once you are approved for an iTunes U site and you've assigned an administrator for your site, you would use a tool called iTunes U Public Site Manager to uh, manage your site. This is how you uh, publish collections of content as well as courses. The administrator also uses iTunes U Public Site Manager to give educators and instructors in their institutions access to the course building tool, which I'll show you in just a second, uh, by adding their Apple IDs as contributors. Educators use a tool called iTunes U Course Manager, which is also a web-based uh, tool. And this is a great way to build courses, organize your courses, and then share your courses. And so uh, in the next few slides, I'll walk you through some of, the, um, some of the interface for building courses using iTunes U Course Manager. When an instructor goes into iTunes U Course Manager for the first time, they are prompted to create an instructor profile. This collects just basic information about the instructor, like your name, your title, your institution, a brief biography, a photograph, and you also can include an email address if you would like students to be able to email you right through the app. Next, instructors will select whether they want to create an in-session course or a self-paced course. And here I'll talk a little bit about the differences between the two. 
An in-session course is really a course that uh, you could be teaching right now. There's a stop, there's a start date and a stop date, and the assignments that you create will have due dates. So it's a much more calendar-driven course. And the expectation, I think, for these courses is that the course will unfold over the course of a semester or a quarter or a term. Um, uh, on the other hand, we have self-paced courses which are not calendar driven and are really more of a completed package of education content that a user can work through at his or her own pace. So after you've decided which type of course you'd like to create, you then go into the course settings screen, which is where you're setting up the basic information about your course. Here you'll add information like the name of the course, uh, your department, how long you expect the course to last by number of weeks, or the duration, like a start and stop date, as I mentioned before. You select a category and subcategory, and these fields are populated by the category and subcategory uh, that already exists on iTunes U. So this helps to co-locate courses with other courses of the same type and with collections that might uh, be in the same subject area. The next field down is level, and this indicates the level of the student that you're trying to um, instruct through the course. And so the different options there include uh, kindergarten, uh, uh, primary school, middle school, high school or secondary school. Then we have um, undergraduate, uh, graduate, and then professional and vocational. So you can use this to reach both uh, students who might be enrolled in school now, as well as lifelong learners. There's a language field next, and so this is how you would indicate the primary language of instruction. There's a brief description where you can just give uh, the user a sense of what they'll learn while they're taking a course. And I think it's important to look at that description because that will be shown uh, on iTunes U if you list your course in the public directory. That description is going to be an important piece of uh, metadata that a user would use to determine whether or not they would like to subscribe to the course. There's the course artwork up in the right corner. And the course artwork really, um, would be best if it has something to do with the subject that's being taught. And it's also a good idea to have some kind of an institutional brand on your course artwork as well. So if your institution has a logo or uh, some other type of branding element, uh, putting that on the course artwork can be really helpful to users. If we scroll down on the page a little bit, the last part of metadata that you can um, supply for your course is a license. And we know that many of our educators are committed to building 
open educational resources. And so we have provided the six Creative Commons licenses that would be available for you to apply to your course. If none of those licenses are what you need, the, the final option is all rights reserved. And so on this page, we provide a link that goes to the Creative Commons website where you can learn more about the different licenses and select the, the appropriate license for your needs. So we've just looked at the course settings. When we're finished with that, we click Save, and then we're taken to our instructor dashboard. And so all subsequent times that you log in after you've done that initial setup, you will go right to your instructor dashboard when you log in. This is where I can see all the courses that I've created. And they're organized uh, by in-session and self-paced. And you get a quick reference on the last time you've updated the course and the number of uh, info pages, materials, and posts that you've put into your course. To edit a course, simply click on the name of the course in the dashboard. And so let's click on Algebra 1 here. We're taken now to the actual course editing uh, area. And across the top of the screen, you'll see some buttons that correspond to the tabs that are in the iTunes U app. So we have info, posts, and materials. We're looking now at the info tab and the overview page where you can go in and edit that information. The Instructor tab, which is next down, is populated by um, the, in, the Instructor Profile information that you set up, although you can edit that course by course if necessary. Now we're looking at the outline, and this is a really important part, as I mentioned before, because as you're building out your course and creating posts, all of that content is really linked back to points in your outline. If you already have a really nice outline that you plan to teach from, you can simply copy and paste that right into this screen, and we'll do our best to recognize the, that structure and represent it properly here. Or you can feel free to um, just type your outline directly into this, this area. At the bottom left of the page, you'll see that there's also an Add New Page button, which would allow you to build additional pages on the Info tab for things like um, prerequisites, or if you have an honor code, or if you have office hours, or things like that. Any other content that you'd like to add to the Info tab, you're able to add those custom pages there. The next tab over is Posts. And uh, to create a new post, you would simply click on the New Post button in the lower left. This takes you to the post um, editing screen. And the first thing that you do, as I mentioned before, is select one of your outline topics to tie this post to. So this helps to organize and structure all of the content of the course. So we'll select one of our um, outline topics here. 
then you'll see that you have the opportunity to create a message. And so this is the title and the body of the post. And again, this is where the instructor's voice really comes out. Um, it allows you to provide some context for the learning materials, help students understand why you're asking them to do a particular assignment, or just to provide more information about uh, the topic that's being addressed. In the lower part of the screen, you have the ability to add an assignment to your post. And so this is where your learning materials and your um, contextual information in your post comes together. Your assignment should be an action item. It should be, you know, use a verb like watch this video, read this chapter, use this app to create a documentary, whatever the assignment should be. If you see at the bottom, there is an attach material button at the bottom of the assignment. And when you click on that button, a pop-up menu appears, which, is, which provides the options for bringing those learning materials into the course. The first option is Add from My Computer. And so this simply allows you to find a file that you have on your computer currently and upload it directly to the course. So if you have a handout or other type of document, a video that you've created yourself that you would like to add to your course, you can use that Add From My Computer feature. The next option down is Enter an iTunes Store link. This is going to be a really important uh, a tool to use to curate existing content into your course. So if you had uh, a video on iTunes U that you would like to bring into your course, you can just copy the link for that video, paste it in here uh, using the iTunes store link button, and then that would bring that um, asset right into your course in a really seamless way. Likewise, you can use that same link to bring in apps as well as books from iBookstore. The next option down is enter a web link. And this is just as simple as putting in a URL, which would um, bring in those web-based resources. The experience with that would be if the student taps on an assignment that incorporates a web link, they'll be flipped over to the Safari browser on iOS, and then they can access that content, go back to the course, and mark that assignment complete. The final option is choose from my materials. And this is a really helpful tool for those educators who might be teaching multiple courses uh, all at the same time. The first time you add a, a piece of content to your course, whether you upload it or whether you link it from iTunes or from uh, the web, we create a master materials list for you, which is called My Materials. And so you only need to upload or link a piece of content one time. Then it's kept in that master list and you can associate it with multiple courses. Uh, without having to re-upload that piece of content over and over again. 
So those are all of your options um, for bringing learning materials into your course. I'm not going to cover this today, but you'll notice that there's also a materials tab in the upper part of the screen. And so if you wanted to pre-populate your course with some materials before you start authoring your posts, you can do that as well. Uh, so we wanted to support both kind of use cases, pre kind of aggregating your materials in a list, or you can bring in materials as you're authoring your posts. After we're done editing our course, we go back to our instructor dashboard, and you'll notice that each course in the dashboard has a share course link next to it. This share course link is the unique URL that is associated with each of the courses that you create. And with this link, you can do several things. The first thing you can do as the instructor is to take that link uh, type it in or email it to yourself on your iOS device, and that allows you to subscribe to your course as you're building it. So you can build it in iTunes U Course Manager, and then you can be previewing it using the iTunes U app on your iOS device. The next thing you can do is send this link out either via email or you know, posting it on your um, local wikis or whatever you're using if you want to share it just with a, a smaller group of people. So that's a good option if you'd like to have some colleagues take a look at your course uh, before you send it out more broadly um, or if you just had a few people that needed to access this content. The last thing that you can do with the share course link is give it to your iTunes U site administrator. And they would take that and put it into iTunes U public site manager to publish the course on the iTunes U uh, public catalog. And this would make your course accessible to uh, students in your district, in your state, and to students and lifelong learners around the world. And so through that mechanism, you can really share your best practices in teaching and see what other teachers are doing to uh, maybe teach a similar topic. Next, I just wanted to point out some resources that are available to uh, those of you who are uh, either administering iTunes U sites or who are interested in using iTunes U Course Manager to create courses. Uh, we have this iTunes U support site and some iTunes U support communities, which you can find at apple.com support slash iTunes U. We also have some great guidelines documents linked from the iTunes U homepage. Uh, there's a guidelines document for creating a course, as well as a guidelines document for setting up an iTunes U site. The last resource I'll mention is Apple Care Support. And linked from the iTunes U support site, there's a place where you can actually submit questions and um, folks in Apple Care will help you troubleshoot or address those questions. So please do take advantage of all these resources that are available to help uh, support your work on iTunes U. 
So I hope that this has given you some good, um, a good overview of iTunes U, of courses, and of iTunes U Course Manager. And so now let's do some questions and answers. Jill, it's very active. <laughs> a lot of people have a lot of questions. Um, so we're going to jump right in here. Um, first of all, what's the difference between a collection and a course? And when and why would I use each of those? That's a great question. So uh, when you become an iTunes U content provider, you have the ability to create both collections and courses. And so a collection is really a way to distribute content um, in sort of a playlist or podcast format. So if you had a lecture series that you wanted to share um, broadly on iTunes U, you could build a collection with that content. On the other hand, if you want to uh, curate content created by many other different people, many, many different institutions, many content types, and you have a set of learning objectives that you would like to, to align those learning materials to and want to provide a great experience on iOS, you could build a course. Now, to be clear, you can build a collection and then later access that content or, or refer to that content in a course. So it really depends on what your goals are and how much of that uh, syllabus with learning materials and those contextualizing posts you uh, plan to create. So if you just have a list of materials or um, maybe some audio files or videos that you'd like to share, but you don't have all of that um, additional kind of um, uh, instructive content, then a collection might be a better fit for your needs. Excellent. Okay, I'm trying to stay ahead of this. You guys are incredibly active. Thank you very much for that. Um, is there the ability for a connection to extant um, learning management systems like Desire to Learn, Moodle, etc.? Can you connect to assessment tools inside a learning management system with iTunes U course? Sure. So that's that's an excellent question, and I'm happy to address it. So the, the real goal for iTunes U um, courses is to provide a, an excellent experience on iOS devices with learning materials and um, bringing that all together in a seamless way. So if you have an existing learning management system or a web-based course wiki, you can, um, there's a number of different ways to integrate that into an iTunes U course. One option might be to include a link to your uh, course management site as a web link, as I mentioned in the materials uh, discussion. So if you wanted a student to have an assignment to do something on a particular course website, you could just add that resource as a web URL. Similarly, if your particular a uh, system has an app that they've developed that provides access. You can incorporate the app as one of the materials in the course. So I think that there's a number of, of different ways. Um, if you have a, a learning management system, you can also take that share course link that I showed in the instructor dashboard, and you could put that link in your um, learning management system so that your students would be able to just tap the link and enroll in the iTunes U course. 
Excellent. Um, what happens to the authenticated side of our iTunes U site? In other words, the all new iTunes U has courses. The authenticated side of an institution's iTunes U president presence has courses. This appears to be a redundancy such that the new re new will replace old. So will the new iTunes U replace old iTunes U courses that faculty have developed? Um, is this about private iTunes U sites? Yes. So I, I know that I really can't comment on, on future directions in this webcast, but um, one thing that I will say is that today, the courses that you create are public courses. So even if you don't list that iTunes U um, share course URL on your public iTunes U site, and you just shared it with a few people via email, if somebody took that URL and posted it on their blog or tweeted it or whatever, then there's really not a way to limit anyone from um, getting into that course today. So what I would suggest is that this really isn't a replacement for a private um, uh, iTunes U site, if that's what you're using today. Um, and I would keep in mind that um, fact that courses are all public in one way or another, whether or not they're indexed on iTunes U or not. And so you need to be really um, thoughtful about the types of content that you're putting in your course uh, to be sure that you're distributing content that you have rights to distribute. Great, thanks. Does the new iTunes U look the same for computer um, with browser like Safari or Firefox? Does it, does it matter which of those browsers are you on? At my college, we need to support um, computer access from different browsers. So I think that the question is about um, being able to access these courses on the desktop versus on an iOS device. And I'd be happy to address that. Um, so using the free iTunes application, you can have access to iTunes U, and you have access both to collections and to courses in a limited way. So when you're looking at a course on iTunes U on the desktop, you'll see the course information like the, the title, the duration, uh, some of that other metadata at the course level. You'll see the description of the course, the course outline, and all of the course materials, but you won't see the um, posts and assignments. So the most, um, the most complete um, uh, experience is in the iTunes U app. Now for those educators or instructors who might be wanting to use uh, the iTunes U course manager to create courses, um, you can, it requires that you use Safari uh, which is a free download for both Mac and PC. Okay, excellent. Because that takes care of one of the um, another question that comes up. Um, this next is around. There were several questions around apps. You showed um, attaching an app to a course. So I consolidated them into one. Um, do students have to have paid for the apps that I might assign to complete an assignment? Um, would I be able to cover the student app or other directed downloads through the Apple Education App Store Volume Purchase Program? And you know, so how do you deal with really with the ownership of an app if you are sharing an app with students through iTunes U? Sure. So that's a really excellent question. And 
um, you're not really sharing the app, you're sharing a, a reference to an app. And what the student will see in that materials tab is um, all of those, those types of materials, including apps, and whether they can be downloaded free or whether there is a fee associated with those apps. They can simply tap right on that app in their materials list and it'll download to their device. Now for paid apps, uh, you can use the volume purchase program if your school or um, institution is enrolled in that. And in that situation, um, one, one kind of option for that might be uh, sending your students redeem codes for those apps. So as they are um, uh, kind of getting those materials from their materials list, they can just redeem that code and um, essentially download that for free as an institution-supported purchase. Um, and I think we're going to be talking, or Mac Learning will be offering um, some more kind of um, webcasts about administration and deployment of devices and what that means in terms of student um, you know, access to content and downloading content. And there's also some uh, on-demand videos on apple.com that are all about the volume purchase program and how to get it started in that and, and uh, what it would mean for you in your institution's context. So I would encourage you to take a look at those resources. Thanks, Jill. We will have the um, deployment uh, webcast coming up in May. Please look at maclearning.org, um, the webcast tab, to tell you about that. Um, there, um, what about, is there student access to the material after the semester ends for the courses? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. So after the semester ends, the course is still there. And so you're still subscribed to it um, as long as it appears on your bookshelf. So the answer to that is yes. And if you download the content to your device uh, versus streaming it, that stays on your device. So it's really up to the student and um, managing that, that content in the way that makes sense for them. Great. Um, can instructors add or modify, con modify content without the admin approval or action? And can multiple instructors modify the same course? Oh, that's a great question. So your administrator for iTunes U just needs to uh, give you access to Course Manager. And then once you have access to Course Manager as a, a contributor, you are really in control of the courses that you create. Uh, the only thing that the ad administrator needs to do is um, if you want that course to be listed on the public directory, then that's an administrative role. But otherwise, editing, updating, um, creating is all really managed by the contributor's Apple ID. And um, I think that there is a role for the administrator in terms of um, figuring out what, by, through what mechanism they will have their instructors let them know that they would like access to iTunes U Course Manager. So that there's that process to think about. And then another process to think about is once an instructor creates a course and has asked for that course to be listed in the public directory, do you as an institution or as a school district 
um, have particular things that you'd like to, to check for before you post that, um, that to the public directory. Excellent. Can in-session courses be offered, re-offered easily? Today, uh, the way that you would do that is by creating a new course, but you can copy the content over from the other course, but it is a manual process today. Also, um, how do you make your course accessible? So because a course is really a way to um, bring together content from many different uh, areas, I think that the most important thing is to ensure that the content that you're uh, bringing in to your materials lists are accessible content. So be sure that videos are closed captioned and audio is closed captioned. Be sure that any images that you bring in, that you have uh, good metadata and alt text for that, those images, and that the apps and books and other resources that you're linking to uh, have accessibility features in place. If you're creating your own multi-touch books with iBooks Author and hope to upload those to your courses to share them, um, be sure that you're making use of the accessibility description field uh, that is part of all of those different interactive widget types. And so I think that it's really up to each of us to be sure that the content that we're uh, using and curating in our course and presenting to our students is accessible to all learners. Great. The, um, we actually have a couple of questions around copyright, so I wanted to um, put that in here. Um, how do we handle copyrighted materials? Um, can you password, we have a specific question around, can you password protect a course for distributing copyrighted materials? So that is a really good question. And um, uh, right now there's no ability to password protect a course. And so what that means is you only should distribute content you have rights to distribute. And so um, what I would suggest is that if you have content that, uh, you know, for which you do not own the intellectual property, but you still want your students to be able to access it, you might consider using one of the linking options instead of, um, you know, copying it down and then re-uploading it and distributing it. So in the case of, um, in many institutions of higher education, there are apps that can access um, your subscription databases and you know, maybe listing one of those apps as one of the materials and helping students access those um, through the ways that um, your license allows would be the best way to provide access to that. Uh, linking um, to web-based content rather than you know, re-uploading re that content, linking to content that's on iTunes U rather than re-uploading that content is really the safest way to, um, the way to proceed. And I think that as educators, we can model best practices in terms of um, distributing digital content and um, citing it correctly and, and sort of showing students um, the best way to, to uh, present that in a digital world. Great. Um, we get a, we've got a, a many questions around, is there a storage limit for materials uploaded from my local computer? What are the limits, if any, for individual file size and total file size? And where are these materials hosted? Great. So the materials are hosted on Apple servers, 
and the um, limits in terms of upload um, are pretty uh, large. I believe 20 gigabytes is what we would offer to each instructor. Although you need to think about your students and their experience with these courses. If you think that they would have a better experience by having you know, more compressed or um, being able to stream content versus downloading content, um, be sure to be keeping those things in mind. Um, likewise, if you are in an institution where, or, or a situation where there may not be um, ubiquitous wireless access, uh, giving students the ability to download content to their local um, device would really help them um, access that content when they're offline. Excellent. Uh, there's questions here around, can the site manager lock off any specific um, things in the course field, like the artwork? I mean, so can the institution control that? That's a great question. So I don't believe that they can do that uh, today. And um, what I would suggest instead is to give your instructors some guidelines about what type of artwork that they should use, where they can find um, artwork that they would have the ability to use within their course. And before you publish a course, that might be one of the things that you would check. You know, does this course have appropriate artwork? Is the artwork reflecting um, the subject of the course? Do we have permission to use the image? And is it branded um, with our institutional brand? Uh, likewise, I think before a course goes public, some of the other things that you might check are, you know, is there an outline? Is there, you know, has the instructor created posts and assignments? Does the instructor have rights to distribute all of the content that's in the course? And if there are any questionable things, maybe there could be a process for, you know, within your institution to address that. There was a question earlier that I didn't address about um, can multiple people be editing the same course? And I wanted to, to be sure I, I touched on that. Right now, each course is tied to an individual Apple ID. If you want to collaborate on a course, there's a few things that you could do. You could uh, designate a particular person to be the author of the course and um, have that person actually be entering the content in while you could be you know, creating some of the content elsewhere and then copying it in. Uh, you also might consider creating an Apple ID for a particular course that people could share. Um, or if you are in a situation, and I know that this is common in higher education, where you might have a teaching assistant who's creating a course on behalf of a professor, you actually can edit the instructor information on a course-by-course -course basis. So um, if I were creating a course for Hillary, I could log in with my own Apple ID, create the course, and then in the instructor page on the info tab, I can actually edit that and put in Hillary's information instead of my own information. And so it would be presented to the end user as though Hillary is teaching the course. 
So those are some of the options that you have. Uh, if, you're, if you're working as a team to develop one of these courses, you also can use that share course link and distribute that among the group of people. And so everyone can see how the course is taking shape on their iOS device as they're authoring it. And we've had a few questions around um, the question of how do you get to Course Manager? Um, you know, is it possible to create courses on a trial test account or for Course Manager? Is there any way to do this, you know, on your own? That's a really good question. So if I would really encourage you to um, talk with your administration about iTunes U because that's really the best way to move forward and get access to Course Manager. If you already have course man if you already have iTunes U at your institution, you automatically have access to Course Manager. And so I'd suggest that you uh, find the administrator at your institution, send them your Apple ID, and ask if they could give you access to the Course Manager tool. Then there's a special URL that you use to log in to Course Manager, which is separate from public site manager, so those two, the, the um, web interface where you're creating your courses is separate from the interface where you publish and administer your site. And so you can go in, create courses, uh, test it out, and then once you're ready, then talk with your administrator about the process for getting the course listed on the public directory. Excellent. Uh, um, a, a quick one, do you have good examples of K-12 courses for students yet? This so we do have some great examples of K-12 courses. Uh, I mentioned um, earlier in the presentation Common Sense Media, and those are a set of courses targeted specifically at high school students about digital citizenship, digital literacy, and um, kind of just online ethics generally. So I would encourage you to take a look at those. There's a great course from the Arkansas Department of Education about the Common Core. And I believe that this is really targeted at teachers and, and administrators uh, who might be interested in uh, learning about the Common Core and what it might mean to them. So check that one out. And then we have a growing number of K-12 districts who are creating pre-calculus courses, history courses, government courses. And so I would just encourage you to go to iTunes U and take a look at all the courses that are on offer there. Excellent. Um, are you able to add RSS feeds to courses? That's a great question, and the answer is not today. What I would suggest if you have an RSS feed is um, you could build a collection on iTunes U using an RSS feed. And then once that collection is uh, published on iTunes U, each of the assets ha will have a unique URL. And that will allow you to bring those assets into your course as an iTunes U link, um, or an iTunes store link, I should say, um, through that materials menu. Um, Another option might be, uh, depending on the, the number of assets that you would like to share, is to just upload them directly into the course. So there's a couple of ways to address that now. But RSS feeds are, are things that we're hearing from a lot of our, especially higher education institutions who might have a podcasting service already set up. And so it's definitely feedback that we appreciate. 
I think we will finish with this question because it's um, it's come up a lot. I know you've already um, touched on LMSs, but um, we keep on getting a, a more questions around how to document whether students have achieved course learning objectives. So mm -hmm. I think we need to make that distinction again between iTunes U courses and an LMS system. Absolutely. Um, iTunes U is not an LMS. Again, it's just a great way to present course content on iOS devices. If you're using some other tool uh, for assessment or for other classroom management tasks, I would encourage you to um, incorporate, if there are apps, I know that there are some apps that can um, kind of track user achievement. You can bring an app into a course as one of the materials. If you have a web-based uh, learning management system or wiki that you'd like to uh, use with a course that you build on iTunes U, you can have that link be part of um, the course through a web link as one of your materials. And then on the other side, if you have a web-based platform you're using, you can have the share course link listed on that site to give students access to the iTunes U course. So again, iTunes U courses are just a great experience on iOS with teaching and learning and uh, bringing together all of these great learning materials. Jill, thank you so much. We have um, many more questions that we don't have time to answer here. What I will do is start a forum on maclearning.org. I will work with Jill and get a set of answers posted. And again, this webcast has been recorded. We will be posting it within a couple of weeks to maclearning.org, so stand by for that. And um, again, watch for the forum. We will start um, answering those questions as soon as possible. Thanks for your time today.